no matter what your skin type, if you're using a face wash that is leaving your skin feeling very tight and people call it clean, squeaky clean, that is not the right face wash for you. I don't care what brand it is or how it's formulated and you need to try to find one that is less harsh. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. Welcome to episode number 156 of the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. Happy 2023. I hope everybody had a fantastic new year. And thank you for joining me in this very new year. I hope you enjoy this episode with Chris Gibson. Chris Gibson is a sought-after skincare expert and holistic health coach, esthetician. He is also the best-selling author of the acclaimed book, Acne-Free in Three Days, one million-plus copies sold. He also has a very successful YouTube channel, Chris Gibson Live. The YouTube channel has over 163,000 subscribers is dedicated to providing the expert information and product reviews on skincare and wellness topics for both skin issues and anti-aging. He was also recently featured in USA Today on the topic, Seven Freaky Chemicals in Your Skincare Products and How to Avoid Them. Chris has popularly been featured on CBS, ABC Family, Fox News, The Daily Buzz, and numerous lifestyle television, and radio shows across the country and in Canada. I hope you enjoy this episode on skincare and anti-aging because we all need to be cautious of what we put on our skins because our skins are a giant sponge. So enjoy this episode. Please rate and review my show. It means the world to me. And I hope you all have a blessed and happy 2023. Chris Gibson, welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. How the heck are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Late in the evening for me, but it is what it is. And one question I have to ask you before we dive into the world of skincare is what was your catalyst into this world of skincare and becoming a skincare expert? You know, like most people that that end up doing you know, any sort of wellness coaching or anything like that, they've usually had to solve something on their own. Um, and that's exactly the case for me. So I, you know, skipping problems really young, 11 years old, 12 years old, I started having issues and we did the dermatologist, we did Accutane, we did all that stuff and um, it wasn't working for me. So it sort of forced me when I got into my early 20s and it didn't go away because that was sort of the last hope, you know. Well, you'll outgrow it. That's <laughs> you know. Um, so I had to dig in and figure out what was going on with me. And of course, that's what started the whole process of learning about holistic approaches to health. And I learned about fasting, 
then this is in the eighties and the uh, you know in the early eighties I learned about uh, colon health, probiotics, detoxification, uh, foods, and I learned that just because a product was labeled for something didn't really mean that it worked for everybody for that issue. In fact, sometimes it could make it worse. So <clears throat> I started learning that really early on. There was an interest in it. Um, you couldn't make a living at that then. Um, it was almost, it's like the whole thing with herbs and holistic health in the 80s was looked at almost as a cult-ish. So when I went to the herbal store, it was in a really dingy, dark corner of a strip mall, you know, like a 1970s strip mall. And so there was no vitamin shop, no GNC, no men's health magazine. There's none of that stuff. So, uh, so it was a little, it was a little weird, but you know, I, I, uh, in the early two thousands, I decided to write a book on my experience with all of that. Um, through those years and the book did really, really well. In fact, I got on television because of it and became a bestseller. And I did morning shows and all of this stuff. It was like the perfect time in 2004, five, and six because the thing came out about, you know, the overuse of antibiotics and MRSA, you know, superbugs and hospitals. Um, my mom at the time had a bout with diverticulitis and they put her on uh, probiotics at the hospital. So, a lot of what we see and practice now, this really mainstream about gut health and, you know, making sure you take probiotics if you have to take an antibiotic and all that stuff, really has just occurred in the last 15, 20 years, a sea change of thinking because I was going on TV shows, butting heads with medical doctors um, in 2004 about, you know, sugar, too much sugar in the diet and too much antibiotic use. And that led to, Toxicity in the body from grease, from yeast overgrowth, and that when people fasted, got off that, cleaned all that stuff out, and got got right in their in their tummies and their digestive system, a lot of these problems went away. They wouldn't say that wasn't true, but they weren't really, you know, you know, what really wanted to buy into it. And then, of course, like I said, the MRSA thing happened, <clears throat> and that was a really big deal. And so. Um, that's when the focus on the overuse, overprescribing of antibiotics. And, and it was true because as a child growing up in the 70s, as a young, young child in the 70s, and I had tonsillitis, you went on antibiotics. You got anything, they put you on some sort of antibiotic. You got an ear infection, antibiotics. So people in my generation, um, you know, parents were doing what they thought was right, but it was, you know, it was a lot of antibiotic use. So without the, without the balancing factor of getting the gut health, but nobody knew that. So didn't talk about it, you know? So, um, that, that hit a nerve when that book came out and people, it wasn't a how to book. It was, it was what happened book, but people took the things that I had done and went and did them and had success with it. So the book got very, very, very popular. Um, and, uh, you know, we did a skincare line based on the principles of the book. Um, like I said, I was on television on all these morning shows. And then of course the recession came around in like 2008 and nine and kind of shut all of the people that didn't have discretionary income. So as a business, that sort of 
became a real struggle. And then it's one of those periods in your life where things changed. My mom passed away and I decided I did not want to have all this property that I was living on up in Pennsylvania. Beautiful place, but I'd been there for 16 years. Didn't want to fool with the snow anymore. <laughs> so I sold that and moved to Florida. And really, it, for, for the first three years, tried to figure out what I wanted to do next. You know, is that a new book? I did actually put a new book out the first year I was here uh, of all of the the holistic facial recipes that I had done on television. So I did do a book um, and it did okay. And I did client work and that kind of thing. And then in 18, I just woke up one morning. I was like, I know I need to do, I want to do something. I'm ready. What do I want to do? I did want to write a book. So I went back to my YouTube channel, which I hadn't really done anything with. It just had TV clips. So every time I would be on TV, we would put it on YouTube. Um, so I started putting out videos and I said, if I put out a video and it does all right, I'll know that I still have it. <laughs> and uh, again, timing is everything. The uh, When I went to to put decide what the first video was going to be on, I thought initially it would be on acne, what I was known for, what my... You know what, what? What I had already had a following for, um, but there was a big deal about sunscreen, and because I formulated skincare lines, I know I know a lot about the the chemicals used in sunscreen and chemicals in skincare in general, and so I did the video on what sunscreens were okay to use in the ocean because they had just been banned in Key West, they'd been banned in Hawaii and Australia, so I did a whole video on that, and it did for someone who didn't really have a YouTube channel or a following, um, I think I had 15 subscribers. The video did well outside of that, and I got about 30 or 40 subscribers, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you don't have any traction on YouTube, that's a lot. So um, I kept doing, I did, I went on intermittent fasting. I vlogged that process because I had gained a little bit of weight just sitting on the beach um, for those three years. So so I did recipes. I did a lot on acne. I did, um, you know, holistic approaches and uh, as a lot of focus on skincare ingredients and reviews. But when I started talking about anti-aging, because I don't think of myself as older, I'm 58, but I don't feel or look or think of myself that way. It actually didn't come up in a video what my age was until 2020 uh, at the tail or 20, really 2021. The tail, the tail end of the pandemic. So I started talking about, you know, fitness over 50 and how that affects your skin and how to handle sun damage. And, you know, I did a video on, you know, how to improve the skin of a lot of people uh, really up until the last 10 or 15 years didn't take care of the skin on the chest, the neck, the hands or arms. It was all about the face. So you had people running around that have this done a really good job of, of taking care of their face. They've worn sunscreen, they've done retinols, um, and their face looks great, but they have a lot of aging on the neck, guys in particular, the back of the neck. Um, so I started focusing there. When I focused on there, I hit a nerve on YouTube because I was a guy in, in that particular niche talking about the holistic approaches, and I looked didn't look my age. so. People were like, wow, okay, so he must know what he's doing. And then, of course, we talked about my background in videos and that I've been doing this for 35 years and kind of walking the talk. And so it really 
I, you know, the YouTube channel is 167,000 followers now. That's all happened in the last year and a half. Um, <laughs> really fast when it happened. Um, and so it's men and women. Um, and we talk about, you know, I have a blog too and, and the website. Um, but we talk about, you know, different issues, what skincare products are, you know, what works, what doesn't. How to know? How to know how much to spend? Because it can be very confusing. Um, how long do you wait before you judge? Am I getting anything out of this? When is it time to actually consider a procedure or a, a treatment that's a little more invasive? What are those treatments? How much do they cost? That sort of thing. And so it's really it's really evolved. And in fact, I'll be doing a series with a uh, plastic surgeon that's here locally, well known. And there's a lot of those in Florida, almost as much as California. Um, we'll be talking about when it's time, how to know when it's time to look at having a procedure or a consultation for a procedure. Um, so a lot of good things have come out of it. And, um, you know, it's, it's fun because it's, I care about it and, and I live that stuff every day. Uh, and it's fun dealing with brands. Um, brands are, I'm very selective about what I endorse, which isn't much, uh, on the channel. and. Um, brands reach out to me. So it's, it's some of them have been really great and fun to work with. So what was the name of the book that got so popular? Um, Acne Free in Three Days. Okay. So as you, quite the catchy title. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I did have a marketing background. So, you know, I worked in the phone company for a while. Got out of that when wireless started. I said, I don't want to do that anymore. And I was, I was writing books for how to market online after the dot-com bu bubble burst, you know, that whole thing, their companies were, and because I had done that at the phone company, we relied on internet quite a bit. They were ahead of the game. <clears throat> um, and then my business partner who had never met me, we were working remotely on these books, uh, publishing them online. His, his fiance met me and said, you're how old? And I was 40. Yeah, just 40 then. 2004, I just turned 40. So she said, you got to write a book about that. <laughs> and that's what you need to be writing about. So I just put a little thing together on that story and we put it out and it did crazy overnight. The very first night it went out, it was, Amazon wasn't even selling eBooks yet. Um, so we had it on ClickBank. That was the, they're still around, but that was the platform you did eBooks on. And so um, it did crazy and it just, it started everything. And what was the name of that one? That's the acne free in three days. Okay. Book. Okay. Yeah. You know, and then I wrote, then we did several holistic books. I published other authors, holistic authors' books for a little while. Didn't care for publishing other people's books too much. Yeah. Um, not everybody is willing to uh, put in the time and energy that is required when something is successful. So, um, learned a lot of lessons. And when I decided to restart all of this in 18, I, one, technology has really advanced. I don't have to go to a TV station to do a TV show. You can do it like this. Right. Um, podcasts are a big deal now. I used to do a lot of radio. I love doing podcasts over radio because radio is censored usually, and these are not. So the conversations are usually a lot more open um, and more helpful to people. And we talk about, you know, I talk, I've talked about every situation you think of. And so... Things have changed and it's allowed me to do this, especially YouTube. That's TV for me. Podcast, that's radio for me now. 
Okay. So um, I still do some television. I just did one about three months ago. Um, but that's really changed because when I was doing it, it was all network TV. And now you have all of these, you know, 450 channels. Yeah, you have all these channels, and <laughs> and uh, it's it's great because you can reach so many so many more people without having to be. Because I did for four years, I traveled. I was in all over. There's not a city of over thirty thousand people in a region that I haven't been to. <laughs> so people are. Like, I have. I do really. The fun thing was I developed friendships in all those places. So second, third round, I had places to stay. I didn't have to stay in a hotel usually. That's nice. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was big in the UK, Canada, into Ireland twice. It just it was really crazy. But it's you know it it is um it gets old. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> it I'm gets sure. old after a while. You're sitting on an airplane going, "Oh my God, where am I?" Right. No, and you can't have gotten on the wrong flight, but you still wonder, did I get on the wrong flight? <laughs> um, am I in the right place? And and the whole thing. So um, you know, it's a it was an experience I I uh love and it's it was a chapter that's great. I've made a lot of friends, TV producers uh really loved me and and I learned a lot. But when I did YouTube, I had to unlearn live TV because YouTube is nothing like uh it doesn't resonate with people who use it right. if you come across too broadcasty. Um, so I had done all these segments where there were four and five minutes. And um, so I had to learn how to get more value into a video. Four or five minutes is not too bad for a video on YouTube. Uh, five to 10 is, is what you want. But it, I had to relearn how to do all of that stuff and, and warm up you know, and not be so self-censored. Because right. I was very practiced in the delivery of information, and so too practiced. So you know, people like to see you mess up. <laughs> they, you know, um, <laughs> they like to little backstories on things and stuff like that. So um, it's a lot warmer. It's a lot warmer engagement that you get um, this way. But I like it a lot. That they're great. You know, during the hurricane, people were like really worried, which they didn't need to be. Um, so I had to go on there and let everybody know I was all right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, so you on TV, that's not the relationship that you get. You get with people. All right. You get the expert to help you relationship, but you don't get that personalization that happens. So social media has been right up my alley because I'm a people person anyway. Right. So I that's I think it's yeah, I didn't struggle to learn television, but it took me a while to get my footing in that um in that type of media. And radio too. So this is just so much better because you can ask me a question. I can talk for fifteen minutes on it. To ask you a question on television or radio, you got to answer it with three sentences. Oh uh, yeah, you got to move, move on. on, right? You got to move on. So nothing wrong with that. That is the platform. So this is really nice, and you know, people get to hear, like I said, the backstory of how I got. In it. And I used to have to wait till I did the book signings or talks at the bookstores to be able to talk about that stuff, right? Um, I had a few interviews where they they asked me. It got a little more personal, which was nice. You know, how did you find this out? That kind of thing. But by and large, I was really limited for because you can't. You know, even on YouTube, I'm not a doctor. I mean, I'm trained and licensed as a statistician, and I know about nutrition and and holistic approaches. All of that stuff is fine. Um, but on TV, they don't want you to to disperse any sort of 
you don't you can't come across as advice. Okay. So on YouTube, I'm very careful to do the same thing. It's one of the great things I think I brought with me is that I, I will tell you what I know about a product or an ingredient and what it can and can't do. I can tell you what products are generally not good for skin. But I'll also tell you, if you have a problem, it's always good to see a dermatologist, you know? Right. Um, because that's what they're there for. But, you know, it's it's nice to be have a little more freedom with that. You know, people ask really interesting questions on the blog. Um, people will ask me just about anything. But, um, you know, there's a lot of, there is just a lot. There's a lot of skincare. There are a lot of different products. There's a lot of different theories, even among dermatologists. You take the dermatologists that are on YouTube, and I watch most of them. Um, they all have different philosophies. And one will say one thing, and another will say another. And so it's... Um, it's funny because everybody has their protocols they have to follow in order to keep their life. And so, you know, some some of the medical advice has to be a certain way, no matter what. So it's it's fun. It's fun to watch the dynamics with all of this stuff. TikTok gives me the most trouble, not for me of being on TikTok, but for the stuff that gets published out there that's just crazy. Right. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. And then when you come along as a holistic person with a holistic approach, you can have Dr. Mike talk about the same thing on his he's like eight million followers. He's an actual doctor. He talks about some of the same things I do, holistic approaches and some things. Um and they go crazy. So you get it both ways. You get the people that will listen and then you get the people go, uh, they'll 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 uh <laughs> Tag tag another dermatologist in their comment to just kind of like school you. You know, right. is this right? Is this true? You know, that sort of thing. So TikTok is a real different animal. Uh, but even there now, I've begun to broke out, break out. I have, I think, 15,000 followers on there. Not a lot by TikTok standards, but by and large now, it's people that are interested in the same things that the people who... Um, watching my YouTube videos are interested in. So that group is starting to grow and it's a lot more stable in the beginning. So those people were, some of them were hateful, just hateful <laughs> people. I'm like, wow, you guys are nasty. Just nasty well, especially folks. during the pandemic. Yeah. You know? yeah people have nothing else to do besides sit there and uh, I would, I, even if I disagreed with something, I would not put that type of a comment right. out. Right. Because but it makes, to me, it makes you look like a, you know, right. a Idiot. jerk, right. not the person that you're, right saying the comment too. YouTube, not so much of that. I did get a lot of controversy around my age. There were a lot of people who didn't believe me. And in fact, for a good period of time, when you typed my name in to Google, it was Chris Gibson age that would come up. That I did find that answer. out. Sir, yeah, I, it just pops up. Is, is he really that old? Right. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. So anyway, I, 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 I guess I'm getting a, a, week, a wiki now that'll probably solve a lot of that. I don't really want one, but I guess I'm getting one anyway. Um, I don't even know what a wiki is. That's so. where the Wikipedia, where oh, they okay. have the the you know supposedly um, the true you know whatever the thing right. it's about people. So and that directory, but I'm just like I really don't care. I'm like I'm not going to put my driver's license online. Right. I'm not going to give you my address, and I'm not bringing my birth certificate. Right. You can go find TV clips of me when I was in my 40s, and we're talking about the fact that I'm in my 40s back then. Right. Um, and uh, that's no reason to... Why would you say you were... I would say you say you were younger <laughs> than you are, not older. So anyway, 
it's been it's been interesting. Um, but it's a really good place. I'm in a good place with it. You know, good. it's helped the people and the questions are great. Um, and there's never a lack of something new to talk about. No, not in this market. Not in the skincare, especially with all the devices and red light therapies, microneedling, radio frequency, all the stuff that used to be in a salon with a licensed esthetician or you had to go to a, a plastic surgeon. A lot of this you can do at home now. Right. So, you know, which you know, slices both ways, no pun intended. <laughs> you know, if you... Uh, so, yeah. All right. So, are you ready to dive into skincare? Sure. All right. Let's face it, though. There's no no pun intended. I use the word <laughs> face it. Our skin is a giant mouth. And what we put on our skin is absorbed and screws up, screws us up, not screws us up inside, internally, not to mention all the foods and food-like substances we can put in our pie hole that affect our skin. So we're going to dive into that a bit. So first of all, how do toxic ingredients affect our health and our skincare? Well, as you know, we know that there are some chemicals that are observed that are observed to change. We'll use sunscreen. We'll start there because that's the easiest one to pick on. Um, there are some chemicals in sunscreens that are designed to be absorbed into the outer layer of skin, which is indeed dead skin cells. Theoretically, they it should sit there and protect your live skin cells from damage from UVA, UVB light. The issue with it is that in some individuals, especially in younger individuals, it was found that uh, octanoxate, oxybenzone in particular, had the ability to be absorbed deeper than that and actually get into the bloodstream, which they have not been able to prove in humans has been a, a big problem, but in laboratory testing um, with mice, they did see that it did affect their hormonal balance development and things like that. So there was a big, I would say, pause <laughs> That happened with that, and uh, you know, we already knew that those in those uh, particular ingredients in sunscreen were harmful to ocean marine life and coral reefs. So they got banned, which was the basis of my first video on YouTube. Um, so just know that because something goes on your skin, and the FDA is supposed to make sure that nothing is absorbed past the first two. It's really their microscopic thin layers. Of tissue that is that's dead skin cells um, that can harm you. That's not always true for everybody, especially people that have sensitive skin. So it really there's such a variety between skin types, skin sensitivities, genetics, um, you know, lifestyle. Same thing. Uh, so yeah, you're right. It's it it the same as food. If you're slathering on. Um, toxic chemicals, and and there are some freaky ones out there, although a lot of them have been addressed, um, like parabens. We don't see that too much anymore. Um, they can make you sick. It's sort of like when you go and you if, you, if you have to treat your yard for fleas. I always use this analogy, too. You got to cover up. You know, if you're using a pesticide around right. your house, you got to cover up. Those guys that come out and spray for you, if you have to have that done, they're, you're, they're covered up. So you don't want anything, you want to absorb anything, especially on an ongoing basis. Now, most skincare 
that I talk about is going to be free of those types of products. Um, where where we where we run into problems in skincare are irritants like sulfates, okay. which is a a surfacant. You find it in Tide detergent. You find it in your dish detergent. Um, not granted, not as much of it in skincare, but for dry people with dry skin, um, it can really dry their skin out more. It can be irritating. Uh, same thing with fragrance. There's synthetic fragrance, and then there is um, you know natural fragrance, and then there's fragrance free. And the FDA does not require skincare companies, at least they haven't so far, to tell you what the word fragrance means in their product. So you just see fragrance nine times out of ten, unless they take the extra step to tell you where it comes from. So you don't know is a synth. You have to do your own research. So there are there are websites online. Uh, Inky, Decor- Inky Decoder, INCI Decoder, is one of those where you can go and put a product in and it will break all the ingredients down for you and tell what they are. You can put an ingredient in and it will break it down and tell you what it is. So we're still having to do a lot of that research on ourselves. But um, you know, the more natural, holistic approaches you can take with skincare, and there's a, there are tons of products out there that fit that mold. Um, and the more educated you are on what skincare ingredients do, actually do, the better your choices you're going to make. I say this to everybody. You always need to patch test something no matter what it is. I don't care if it came, if it's, you know, a, a completely natural product. Let's just say completely natural. Um, you still need to test it before you put it on your face, <laughs> uh, on your inner elbow and make sure, you know, follow the directions of however it would have been used on your face and make sure you don't have a reaction to it. Um, and if you're ever using something and it makes you feel unwell or you get dermatitis or, you know, like rash, heat rash, you know, that product's not agreeing with you. And that doesn't matter if it's natural or if it's uh, got some of the more chemical type products in there. Alcohol is another real problem. Denatured alcohol and things, that's rubbing alcohol, basically. Right. Um, what was that use, website again? INCI Decoder. Inky, we call it Inky Decoder. And it's it's uh, free. You, know, you just go in and you, you look up products. But there's there are several of those um, out there. There are some that will that also tell you which products are completely cruelty-free, um, vegan, that you know, that type of thing. So there are resources now, but people don't know to use them or they don't know they're there. Well, EWG, it's, what about the EWG? Do you, yeah, that's another one. Okay. Yeah, that's another one. Is that a good resource? Um, yeah, it's a good resource. I mean, you know, you have to look at the with a lot of of everything today. You have to look at the the motivation, what's right. behind it. Same thing with studies. You know, if a company that owns the company or the lab that makes a product does its own study, they may be telling the truth, but that's there's a conflict of interest. So I try to find studies where there's not and these some of these independent outfits that that look at just skincare ingredients they don't really have any there's nothing in it for them to call out somebody they just give you the stuff that's okay. really that's very helpful i think um because again there are there are millions of people who use products that that purist in the skincare that would never touch anything that had um you know any kind of chemical derivative of anything um you know, they won't use it 
they'll have a problem. With some there are millions of people who use products that they won't use that don't have a problem. That doesn't make them sick. It's, it's you know so. The the big scare, you know, sunscreen again this last summer with the benzene issue, right? Where the lab allowed the benzene to be in the product, unbeknownst to the to the the brand. <laughs> this is the manufacturer level, um, but your name is on it. You know what I mean? So, right. so uh, I think that 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 got people to pay attention. Um, it's a terrible way to have to get the people to do that. But you know, it's like hair dye. If you read the directions on hair dye, oh, and they've man. taken a lot of stuff out of that. That stuff used to be evil stuff. They've taken a lot of the chemicals out of hair dye that used to be really a problem, uh, but people still have reactions to it, and they tell you to patch test. Even if you've used that thing for years, uh, hmm. because at any time, your skin chemistry can change, and you might be sensitive to it. So the patch testing, while I know it's a pain in the butt for a lot of people, it really is a, especially if you're prone to sensitivity to things, you definitely want to do a patch test. Okay. Um, you know, there's some people who, you know, there are people that aren't allergic to uh, poison ivy right. and poison oak. That would be me. Yeah. And then there are people that if it's in the wind, like if they're That's, anywhere right. near it, they don't even have to touch it. If that oil gets blown in onto their skin, it's a nightmare. So you really have to know yourself and then and then do your research on something. I tell people if it doesn't work, if you have a problem with it, if it's making any sort of issue, you don't don't use it. I wouldn't. Right. You know, I wouldn't keep using something. It's not like you're gonna suddenly the only thing you're gonna use truly, um, there are two two ingredients that are very helpful to skin that usually do require an acclimation period. One is vitamin A, retinol, um, tretinoin, and that's because when it goes on the skin, it goes on as tretinoin or retinol has to turn into retinol to hide. Then the retinol to hide has to turn into retinoic acid, which is what your skin uses, which is very good for your skin. The problem is skin doesn't like all that stuff going on right. <laughs> on those people. So you have to get used to it. And then same thing with glycolic and lactic acid. Great ingredients. They help dissolve the bond between old skin cells and new skin cells. They'll keep cell turnover going, and they're made from milk and fruit, like sugar cane. However, because it's a chemical type of reaction, that's, even though it's all natural, those are all natural, um, you may have an acclimation period to that where it may be a little irritating. So you have to start at a low, 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 low dose, like 2%, 3%, then build yourself up. So even when you're using, that's why, that's why I always try to, to put that in there, even when you're using something that's all natural, could still, you know, you still right. can have some issues. So don't let that fool you. <laughs> right. So we talked about the, the the resources for listeners to identify toxic chemicals. And what are some of the good sunscreens and or should you use sunscreen at all? Oh, yeah. I am a big proponent of sunscreen. I have too many people I know that have had skin cancer. And in fact, I have a friend now that goes and gets something cut off every Every six months. Um, so the skin cancer risk is real for a lot of people. You don't have to use chemical sunscreens. You can use mineral. Um, in fact, the mineral sunscreens have come a long way. Most of us who remember them in the beginning, that was that white stuff that your mother put on your nose. Right. Or when you had football practice, if you did sports of any kind, it was on your nose and under your eyes. Um, why we weren't covering everything else, I don't know. Right. But um, 
<laughs> it was greasy. It was white. It is, you know, so they've come up with a way to spin this formulation um, with other ingredients to help it absorb well into that very upper layer. The difference between a chemical sunscreen and a mineral sunscreen is minerals got to sit on the outside of the skin and reflect and barrierize the sunlight. What, whereas a chemical sunscreen is absorbed in those, again, even though they're dead skin cells, they're absorbed in, so they last a little bit longer and are not as easy to, to wipe off. But again, they've come a long way with mineral sunscreens, even making them waterproof by using like dimethicone and, and glycerin and other, other uh, ingredients are just fine. So if you use Blue Lizard as an excellent brand in general for body sunscreen, and it's allowed at all the places where they outlawed avabenzone, octanoxate, and oxybenzene, those are not, if, if, if they've been, they'll take them away from you if they find them. Um, that harms ocean life. Um, and since these restrictions have gone into place, by the way, they've seen a bounce back in the coral reefs. Oh, nice. So that's a, that's a very, a, that's part of it. It's not the whole story, but it is helping. Because uh, you can imagine thousands of people a day, maybe a million people a day on the beaches of Hawaii going in the water covered in octanoxate and benzo. <laughs> they think they're doing the right thing, you know, wearing sunscreen, right. and yet they're poisoning the water. So, um, so that's good. So, yeah, you need to wear sunscreen. Um, you know, you don't want to have the issue, uh, you know, it... it Especially for younger people now, it's so important because it's the sunburns that you got when you were young that, that end up causing the most trouble later. Although there's some, there has been many studies showing that using tretinoin, that strength of, retino, of a retinoid, actually is able to remove precancerous cells. So you're seeing body lotions come out with retinols in them now, which I'm a big proponent of. So that can be used everywhere because it helps take those damaged DNA cells and helps your body discard them. Okay. And we can talk about that through diet. Autophagy is the same sort of thing, where the cell recognizes there's some damage. It takes the parts from the cell that are still usable, builds new cells, but discards the diseased piece, the diseased pieces. That slows down as we get older. So not to jump from skincare to diet, there are some things you use why I intermittent fast myself. That's one of the benefits of fasting, is that autophagy happens. Uh, when you fasting. restrict cal, yeah, when right. you restrict caloric, you, you take your calories down and give yourself a window. So back to skincare, though, um, you can do some of the same things. You know, getting enough rest is so important. Sleep, a skincare that's not in a bottle, because our body has a overnight cycle of repair. The skin has this same thing, and we know that there are certain pieces of the night, certain things happen. And that's why when people don't get enough rest, they get an accumulated, tired look over time. Um, and it really is, you know, people make jokes, but it's really true. They go, well, I have to catch up on my sleep. They literally have to catch up on those cycles to get their skin back to right. where it was. So it's not like you can go sleep one night and it's like, ooh, you know, it doesn't work that way. So um, that overnight sleep cycle is when your skin is producing more cells, more collagen, is making repairs to tiny rips in, you know, capillaries. All sorts of things are going on. Um, that's why people heal faster at night when they sleep. Uh, you know, sores heal faster overnight right. because your body is in that mode. I have that so, conversation with men all the time about their testosterone levels. It's like 
Yeah. How are you sleeping? You got to sleep. Yeah. You, you got even if you have interrupted sleep. You know, if you got if you get up at four every night, and I know a lot of people do this. It's not just older guys and it's a lot of people get up and they got to go pee because they drank water, so they're hydrated. But if they go back to sleep, if they get the sleep right. cycle, they get the whole. You know, by four or five in the morning, your body's sleep repair cycle is pretty much over. Right. Um, that's the deep, you know, that's the deep dream state. That's why we have dreams of that. But that first part, nine, 10, 11, 12, one, two, and three, very important to that health cycle for everything. So it's right. not just your skin doing that, your organs right. are doing that, yes, hormones, everything, everything is doing that. So, yeah, so it's really important to get that initial deep sleep. Um, and then if you have to get up, you have to get up and go. This was, <laughs> yeah, because people ask me, well, does that mean, does that mean no? It's not the same as not getting any rest. It's not the same as being out to one or two in the morning, three, four nights a week, right? Um, and then getting up at eight. It's not the same. And unfortunately, studies have found that while yes, you get some benefit from daytime sleeping, certainly napping. That's more from mind- mindfulness. Um, you don't get the repair, the level of oh, right. body repair during a daytime sleeping and i did an overnight shift for two years and i remember that was just horrible (laughs) it was hell um i was tired all the time so uh so yeah very very important um you know and and then knowing your skin type what your skin you know the skincare industry puts out like four types you got oily skin dry skin sensitive skin normal skin and they're really like nine so there's all sorts of combinations of that you can have dry to normal skin and a dry skin, but you don't, you're not prone to like irritation. You just have dry skin. You can have very irritated skin that's oily. You can have very irritated skin that's dry. Vice versa, you know. So um, you got to really think through your skin type and not just run, get something because it's labeled for that. Right. Because, you know, the biggest thing I, the biggest thing I educate people on, believe it or not, initially is, is face wash. Mm. First, don't use bar soap. Right. But face washes, um, you know, if you have normal to oily skin or oily skin, you're going to use a, a foaming, clarifying face wash that is going to have a little bit of a surfacant in it to help break that layer of oil and get it off um, without drying your skin out. Because your skin should never feel dry, tight, squeaky clean. I used to think that when I had acne, I was really not helping myself by doing that. When you do that, your skin produces more oil to make up for it. Um, if you have normal to dry skin or dry skin, you want a creamy type of face wash. It can be a little foamy, but it's creamy. It leaves behind a very hydrated feel. So your skin gets clean, but it doesn't take out you know, the oil that your skin needs in order to stay uh, in balance. It doesn't change the pH. So again, same thing. No matter what your skin type, if you're using a face wash that is leaving your skin feeling very tight and People call it clean, squeaky clean. That is not the right face wash for you. I don't care what brand it is or how it's formulated, and you need to try to find one that is less harsh. So, what are some of the chemicals in these? I mean, let's face it. We all. I mean, I'm 63. You can't really see me because my camera screwed up. But when we're, what are some of the chemicals in these face washes or any wash, whether you're old or young? That we need to avoid. Oh yeah, same same as the skincare products: fragrance, denatured alcohol, okay. sodium lauryl sulfate, sodium lauryl sulfate, 
um, on the you will see those to a degree in some of the clear face washes, and then they're not as for oily skin, they're not as uh, much of a problem because they use that as a surfactant. But if you have, you know, if you're over 50, there there should be no reason you're using a face wash that has anything in it to take oil off your skin. Okay. Even if you have oily skin, um, because you want to keep that hydration, you want to keep the moisture trapped in those layers of skin. As our skin gets drier, it looks older. It makes fine lines and wrinkles look deeper. Um, it gives the texture kind of a rough sandpaper look. It makes pores look larger. So hydration, you know, I say sun, sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen. I also say hydration, hydration, hydration. And there are a lot of these great overnight hydrating masks. Burt's Bees has one, Paula's Choice, uh, where it's, it's not a really a mask. It doesn't look like one. It's basically like a cream that you put on your face, but it is occlusive. It sits on top of the skin and traps the moisture, and then you wash it off in the morning. Okay. So it's occlusive in that it has properties that trap moisture, but it's not occlusive where it blocks pores, like say where you'd use Vaseline. Do you have these listed um, on your website somewhere? Um, I have tons of videos on, on them. The videos and, and blogs? Yeah, okay. and, and the same thing on the on the Skin So Fabulous blog. And uh, um, you can do, you know, and, and folks can do a Google search on them. But, but the products... Um, you know, hydration is really, really important, um, especially as we head into winter in the United States and Canada and the UK, because right. uh, the air gets very dry. Even in Florida, the air gets very dry. Then we had humidity here last week after that storm of 36%. That's low for Florida. Right. <laughs> you know, that's normally our humidity here is 70%. So, um, so yeah, very important to to keep the skin moisturized. Have a humidifier in your house or in your bedroom, especially at night. Uh, if you live in a dry climate or it's cold and you have to run heat, heated air, unless you have like a hydration or humidifier attached to the to the furnace system, because dry skin is a that's a problem. Well, let's in dive into climate. the food area. Sure. Let's dive into nutrients or nutrition and health foods and how how the standard american diet affects our skin well the standard to me meaning sometimes <laughs> i have fast food sometimes i have frozen food sometimes i make a sandwich sometimes i cook so you know that's that's what i see as most most standard for most right. people um you know we've heard it a million times and people probably groan when they hear it again. But leaning toward a Mediterranean-style diet, more leafy greens, give you trace minerals that you need, making sure that you're eating lean. If you're going to eat meat of some kind, making sure that it's small amounts, that it's lean. Um, making sure you have omega-3s in your diet. Uh, you can get that from avocado, olive oil. You can take a supplement, fish oil. Um, there's a bunch of studies that just got started on really digging into the effectiveness how far does it go in taking these uh omega-3 supplements so you have to look at your diet as and acknowledge that there may be some areas you need to supplement now one of those is vitamin k2 especially for the ladies over 35 because it is a hard vitamin to get from food mm -hmm. and if you're vegetarian you're not going to get any um so you have to get it in a supplement form. And what it helps the body do is utilize calcium 
correctly along, especially with D3, helps it work better. That keeps the calcium out of your arteries and out of your brain channels where you get calcification, which can lead to dementia. Um, it keeps it in your bones where you need it because <laughs> bone right. loss is a big problem for everybody as we get older. Um, unless you do resistance training and all that, vitamin K2 can really assist other um, uh, medications, but it can really assist your body over the long run in handling uh, calcium and and really stopping that bone loss. Right. Um, what happens as we lose bone is things start to sag. So a lot of people blame their skin. Um, they'll say, oh, I'm getting loose skin and, you know, my skin, you know, well, some of that is collagen loss. Thinning skin does happen, but nine times out of 10, when they start to see that, there is a, a shrinkage of the actual bones in the face and the body, which means that you got to make up the volume loss by working out and building some muscle, which is what a lot of people do. Facial yoga works very well, or making sure that you diet, you know, is high in these mineral, trace minerals that you need, which means you're going to have to eat leafy greens. And yes, sometimes it's kale, and I don't like kale. <laughs> but, uh, you know, trying to do that, making sure you're, you're eating healthier, it really does make a difference. They just did a study that came out last October. They took, um, I believe it was 55, it's 55 or 70, I don't know. They took a group of people between 50 and 75, and they were sedentary folks that had that standard diet that we just talked about. Right. And they made them do 20, or they asked them, because not everybody did it, of course. They asked them to do 20 minutes of moderate activity a day. That's walking, play with a dog, whatever, swim, you know, light game of tennis, whatever. They asked them to do that 20 minutes a day. They changed their diet towards the more Mediterranean-style diet. That we talked lots of vegetables, leafy greens, Lean meats, oils, um, oils like olive oil, um, even coconut oil. I think was right. in this particular study. Then they looked at, they biopsied for. They did the markers test. Then they also biopsied to see if there was any difference in skin elasticity, thickness of collagen production, and what they found was that in eight weeks. These people have been able to roll back three years of biological aging just from those changes, mm. the ones that did it. So you can imagine if you adopt that as your lifestyle. Right. And this is not being an athlete. <laughs> you know, this is not running the, you know. New York Marathon. And yeah, the, the, any of the marathons. This is just getting off your death and moving. And, uh, and moving. So, mm. you know, I t you're always creating new cells. So I tell people what you see, especially with skin, is old news. It's old, old news. Um, takes patience and it takes time. But if you're very consistent in your application of a good anti-aging skincare routine, if you're looking at your diet and trying to eat, that doesn't mean you can't have cake. Right. You know, I had a piece of pumpkin something the other day because it's that time of year. Um, <laughs> but it's where you lean. It's where, you, where your standard is. It's where the most of the time you are. So if, you, if you're watching that and, and making sure you're incorporating leafy greens and you're looking at supplementation, a multivitamin can be, for most people, is really helpful um, just because you don't end up overdoing it on something. Um, you know, looking at collagen peptides, those amino acids that our body needs, the building blocks, and taking those as a supplement can be very helpful. When you start to do all of those things, within a six-week 
then a three month, and then a six month and a year period, you really change your biological age. And that's for your skin and for your wellness from the set point from where it was. It can be many years, 10 to 15 years difference. So that means if you're 65 and you really do this and you stick with it, your real age, your biological age, not your chronological, it could be 10 to 15 years down. There are people I see get off of uh, high blood pressure medications because they just cleaned up their diet and they started oh, being active, you know, and taking like super beets to get that nitric oxide level up higher to make more flexible uh, arteries. And uh, so there are a lot of natural approaches that have impacts, you know, that can really make a difference. Um, is what you put it, as you said, what you put in your mouth. <laughs> It really adds up. It's these little things we do every day, both in our skin, just in hygiene, skincare, you know, physical activity, stress, sleep. It's these little tiny things that we do every day, our decisions and our habits that right. create where we are. So all you got to do is change a little something here and it changes way over here as you go out. The arc gets further away. So, you know, it can really make a big difference. What's your thoughts on gut health and skincare? Yeah, there is a correlation between both your skin's microbiome and your internal microbiome, and things can throw it off. If you have a really poor diet that's high in processed foods and sugars, you're feeding the bacteria that are the yeast inclined bacteria that should be there naturally, but they can get out of hand and cause things like indigestion, you know, constipation. And all that stuff does lead to problems with skin. You know, acne, one of the things that I did was I took a food vacation. I went on a three-day fast. I just stopped eating stuff and drinking anything with sugar. It was just water. I had apples every day. That was it uh, for fiber. And the acne stopped. Now, this I'm a person who's been fighting this for, you know, what's 11 for 23, you know, 11, you know, 12 years with no abatement in the breakout outs or the cyst and suddenly I do this and I don't have them. How often did you so, do it? How often did you do a three-day fast? Well back then I did them twice a year. Okay. This now I do one about once a year because I intermittent fast. Right. So we've learned a lot. So I give my body that, you know, 15 to 19 hour window of not having to digest food. I stop eating about four o'clock in the afternoon and it's anywhere from 10, 11 or 12, just depending on where I am hunger wise. Um, and I gotta tell you, it makes a big difference. It does. It does in everything. It cured. I started having heartburn issues and I thought, why am I having this? And because I had not been doing that, and I thought, you know, well, I think I should do, I think if I do the intermittent fasting longer, that will cut that out. And it did. So it wasn't so much food. It was eating and then retiring too close to this where right. I stopped eating, not giving my system time enough to, because I eat a lot of food that's harder to digest. Than most people, I eat a lot of you know vegetables, carrots, you know things like that. So I eat I eat a lot of avocados, fruit. So some of that takes your body longer to digest by design than the processed crap. <laughs> so I had to like, oh well. The plus is I'm eating very well. The the minus is if I don't give myself time upright for that to do what it needs to do. I may, may give me some heartburn. So, so yeah, intermittent fasting has been a big, a big thing for me. Um, you know, a lot of people do it for weight loss. It does help with that, but I just feel better. 
I think it helps with everything. I mean, yeah, I think cancer. The, the autophagy. Well, yeah, there's a guy used pre- that metabolically approached his stage four cancer. I mean, they were telling him, you know, you got this long um, with this tumor um, and you need to like, you know, like saying with jokes about getting your affairs in order. Um, he had been through cancer and chemo before and he tried the metabolic approach and did the fasting and they starved the cancer out before it starved him out. You know, that's what he said. You'll, it'll starve before you do. He said, I learned that when you have cancer, when you eat, it eats. Right. You're feeding, you know. So you're feeding they, it. You're feeding it. So he is with us. He's written a, a book on it. He's, he's a YouTuber that uh, teaches how to YouTube, but I think his story is really amazing. Um, so people, that is, people, they're, they're finding this stuff out, you know. Just like light therapies and how well they work. Right. Um, I love my red light. Yeah, Jeff. I have I have uh, I have a body panel light, and then I have cure mask that I use for the face. Um, uh, that, so, that, I just saw the mask. That mask is pretty interesting. Yeah, it's uh three minutes, which is right up my alley. <laughs> right. I could do three minutes. Right. Uh, but even the I have the uh, the Mito red light uh, panel that I've been using and testing for them. And, and red light therapy is just really great. Yeah. It just I, really, I'm looking at the one for the scalp cause I'm going bald that, you know, I, I've also got the helmet. I have a, what, what I found with this, with people uh, testing these devices out for me is that a combination of the red light therapy, the light microneedling and you can use Redenzel or you can use Minoxidil. They kind of do the same thing. Redenzel is the more uh, natural one, uh, if you will. The people get results from that. From Mike, where do you get a home a home Michael needle? The, you can go to like uh, you can find them online. They're easy. It's just a roller and uh, hair restoration laboratories. Stop. Sorry, that dog is in here. It's all right. Hair hair rest. Stop, Shelby. <laughs> Leave her alone. Uh, hair restoration laboratories uh, will have them. And they're a little roller that just had tiny little needles on it that makes a big difference. Uh, it, what it does is it causes microchannels in the scalp itself so that whatever products you're using to block the DHT, whether it's a shampoo or using you know, minoxidil or whatever, work better. And it tickles the mitochondria, which I... I think that helps the red light work better, which uh, causes the hair follicle to grow. Okay. So it's really the combination, and, and you're starting to see the studies on that. I'm starting to see the um, feedback online with these companies, so these where they they've done their own internal studies, and people are sending in results. There's some pretty microneedling uh, when, and it's not every day. You don't do it every day. Um, depending on the size of the needle and they tell you that, you know, it could be every three days or every once a week, or um, you can go in and have this treatment done now. But I have seen people that had almost no hair, have a full head of hair after that. Yeah. And I'm like on this picture cannot be right. And then I've dug into it and the pictures are right. Now it's different for every, you know, again, just like skincare or anything else, it's different for everybody um, as to what results they get. But what I see with people is that they give up on things way too soon. Right. The body is, is it's capable, but it's not like an overnight thing. You know, it takes patience. 
So I was, I think it's pretty phenomenal. It's, it's a, between the red light therapy and the, um, the microneedling, that's pretty some significant stuff. Now, what I mean, about I'm, the microneedling for your face? Do they the have same thing. They've same got thing. online it, kits for that too? Yeah, they have those. And again, it creates micro channels where skincare products can penetrate that dead layer of skin and do work better. Is there a blog or a YouTube video on those, on those um, things? You know, uh, Aura Beauty or Aura Beauty, or is it Beauty Aura? They sell one for home use and they have an entire website dedicated to that. I think it's Beauty Aura, O-R-A, or it's Aura Beauty. I can't remember, but it their whole website's dedicated to those type of products, okay. microneedling pins, microneedling rollers, how they work, how to use them, what to expect. So before we close out, if you were to list the top three or top four things for your skin, where would where would food, exercise, and then where, list them out for me? Where, what prioritize the list? Um, I would say your diet. Your overall wellness is first because that's what creates the skin cells okay. in the first place. Then your skincare routine, how you take care of your skin, how consistent you are, uh, which would include using some of these new devices if you have issues that you want to correct, um, like sun damage and maybe you know crepey skin issues. There are, are all kinds of non-invasive approaches to do. Um, but I would put fitness... I would put your fitness and your diet first, first because first. because it's the baseline um, of it all. And fitness, you're just talking moving your body. Yeah, I'm not being talking active. about crazy. Yeah, and, yeah, right. yeah. I'm talking about uh, you know 20 minutes of light act to moderate activity a day, five days a week. So, okay, Chris. One other question. First of all, tell us where you they can find you first sure. on YouTube, obviously. Right, yeah, Chris Gibson. The channel's name is Chris Gibson Live, but you can just type my name in. It'll come up, um, Chris Gibson Skin Care. But you can type in Chris Gibson, any kind of skin issue, and I come up first on the top of the list. Um, and then Skin So Fabulous is my blog, really easy. Again, you type that in Google. It's the first thing there. It'll say Chris Gibson Skin So Fabulous. And then I'm on all the social media. The great thing is on my videos, in every video description box, all of the links to my social media is there. So you can okay. find me on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. What else is there? Facebook. <laughs> There's all, everything, Chris. There's yeah, everything. everything. You have to be everywhere these days. I'm not, I'm, I refuse to do TikTok. Oh, and Twitter. I'm on there too. Yeah, I, I don't do Twitter anymore. I did. Twitter's like having a conversation with yourself to me. Yeah, it's a hit or miss. Yeah, I it's just I just don't dig it. All right, one more question that I ask sure. all my guests that has nothing to do with our topic today, but if Chris Gibson had thirty to forty five minutes just to chill out, what album or artist would you put, artist would you put on to listen to? People are not going to believe this. Probably Pink. <laughs> <laughs> I love her music. Yeah. 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 I would chill to that. I know that doesn't seem, your music doesn't seem like it should be something right. to show, but I like, I have a wide range. I thought you were going to say Metallica, but. Yeah, I have a wide range of, of likes. Um, right. I try but, not, you know, I have the mindfulness music. I, I do a lot of music for videos. Uh, so I have access to a lot of really great stuff. The issue is it puts me to sleep. Right. 
So if I'm just chilling and doing my thing, I usually have, I like pop music. Right. So, okay. you know, so Pink is one of my favorite artists. You know, there are not many that I've gone to see an actual concert and she is one. So, okay. um, so yeah. All right. Pink. All right. Thanks, bro. I appreciate the time tonight. And, uh, I wish you all the best. And it was a good conversation. I like talking about this stuff. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.